The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Hello and welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for power. round eight versus the Gold Coast Suns. Um, Sunday afternoon will be played at Xiangwan Stadium. I think it's Xiangwan or something. Like that. I don't know how to say it. In Shanghai Stadium. Um, obviously, this is the very special, special game uh, where we're going to be in China. And of course, Maka is going to be at the game in China. So hopefully, he'll give us his perspective on the actual game itself on a later date. But joining me tonight, because uh, like myself, he's stuck in Australia. Oh, poor us. Is Rick. Rick, how are you? Well, it's not fair. I know. It's just so unjust. How so come, unjust. How come Port get to go on a junket? The cheer squad gets to go on a junket. I know, I know. Random supporters really? go to get to go on a junket. And bloody now Macca gets to friggin' go on a junket. What about us? I know. It, look, it's a bit rough. I didn't know the cheer squad were fl- being flown over. Are they being flown over or are they just doing it because they're fanatics? Well, I think they're just doing it. Okay. I don't well, think I mean, that's I don't reasonable. Think... That's reasonable. Yeah. But why, um, why can't... We get a junket. When is it our turn to go away? I feel so deprived. We, we never get to do anything, Portia. Look, I, I will point out that a couple of weeks ago you did go to Bali. So, I mean, you can't complain. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I, ha- I had to go to Bali because I spent four weeks in Europe and America over Christmas and I was oh, having withdrawals. You're a shit. <laughs> All and, right. And the fact I, I I have to go to Brisbane for work next week, so I'm going to spend an extra couple of days there. And, oh, okay, and, okay. And then five days after that, I've got to fly to the States for two weeks. So, it's a hard life, uh, isn't it? But, hey, that's okay. But it's not fair. It but doesn't not, count. But it doesn't matter. None of that matters because Mac is going to China and we're not. So that's rough. And, and it's not a junket. This is a junket. This is it's just a junket. A, a, it's a dead set junket. It's a rouge. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a scam, you know. I actually think we should just abandon the AFL and just go back to the state-based leagues. What do you reckon? Bring back the SANFL. Oh, no, I was thinking that what we should really do is sort of apply to make um, Port Adelaide the East Berlin of South Australia and join the VFL. Ah. Oh. <laughs> also the West Berlin, West Berlin. Mm. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, right? Yeah. So we're technically yeah. part of the state of Victoria. <laughs> yeah. Well, could we have like... Uh, a port left and a port right, or a port east and a port west, and have one in the SNFL and one in the VFL? I suppose that's feasibly possible. I don't know. We'd have to look into it. But look, yeah. we'll, we'll get on to talking a little bit about football. Um, first of all, I, I just want to say one thing, which is that seeing as I was on a review show, I'd like to say I really, really would love to live in that alternate dimension where we won last week. And then thanks to Melbourne upsetting the Crows this week, we were playing off a top spot, which we won in China. Like, that would have been the most perfect possible confluence of events for Port to go to China and finish up in top spot. That would have been, like, everyone in the country, immediately Port fans. You know, there would be much rejoicing in the streets and everyone would be happy. But instead, we lost a bloody West Coast. Mm -hmm. And what happened there? Well, I mean, they were on top, their midfield was better, and our guys suddenly forgot how to shepherd and lead when a guy has the ball. So, <laughs> it was really weird because we really pumped up Port that we did. last week. We did. Well, and we especially no me. Mm. Yeah, and, and, it, and I guess, uh, you know, I spoke about it on Monday, but I just felt like we just didn't come to play. It was really weird. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that was the thing. Like the, the thing we've seen this year, and it, that's part of why we pump it up, is really, is that even in the losses against Adelaide and GWS, we were still playing pretty well. Yes, um, but we I beaten, agree. But we were beaten by a better side, whereas this week we just went straight back to Carlton last year. We decided, you know, when we're down, oh, okay, well, when, you know, blah, blah's got the defence at half back, got the ball at half back, we're not going to really bother running and making an option for him, so he can just bung it long and have a go and see how it happens. Um, all the little one-twos that we've been really made our trademark all year, um, we're not there. We're not there mm. at all, which is really frustrating. Um, yes. All the shepherds that we've been trying to do, and admittedly a lot of them have been pretty sloppy because it's not a natural part of our game plan. It's only really come in this year. Um, they just went completely missing. We basically offered no protection to the guy getting the ball. Um, mm. it, it just all fell apart because West Coast got on top in midfield, and I guess we were already looking ahead to China or something like that. Um, I what do you think? What do you think of our forward entries? Uh, ordinary, very ordinary. Um, because we only really had Dixon marking. That was really it. I, I felt we said last week that this was the week to play Frampton. I really do feel it was the week to play Frampton. Not necessarily so he can go forward and kick three goals, but so that Ryder can. You know. Mm. Um, the brief time he spent forward, he was really good. And if you have him as a counterpart to Dixon, I mean, that gives us huge options in the forward line. Um, Jackson Trengo's form of recent weeks disappeared. That's a little frustrating. But look, hopefully, hopefully, the fact that we're going to China, they'll all wake up a little bit and they'll be very much focused on getting the win because uh, this is a really big win. This is a really big week for us for as a club. It's really important that we win this one. Well, it's important for us to win from a face value over in China in front of pers- prospective sponsors and current sponsors. I think it's uh, a big week for us to win um, in front of the AFL public because we've just spruiked it so much and it would would just be a bit of a laughing stock if we lose. And clearly it's a big, important game for us to win if we want to be a legitimate top four contender. Well, there's that too. Um, But really, it just feels like... It feels like Gold Coast are going over there and they've got nothing to lose, yeah? Like, if they go over there and they win, then that's fantastic. And if they go over there and lose, well, no one really cares because they didn't put any effort into organising the event. They just sort of showed up. Whereas um, I think that it's one of those circumstances where we traditionally don't perform well, which is where our leadership group, for example, realise that this is a really important game for the club to win. I don't think we win many of those. (laughs) Um, Well, we, we like to be the underdog, don't we? Well, I mean, a lot of teams do. That's probably kind of why Adelaide got pasted on the weekend. Um, but, yeah, a lot of teams do perform better as the underdog. It's a sign of weakness to perform better as the underdog, so that's not great. Um, I, I do think we're still a very strong chance because I don't think Rodney E sent the right messages. I, I noticed he was trying to backtrack today and it was just more a statement than... Um, anything else, but you know, he did. It did sound like a little bit of an excuse generator, the travel and the conditions, and you know, and I think that's going to set some sort of psychology in the players' minds. Uh, you know, they're going to be thinking about that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's an interesting, it's an interesting junket, as Tim Watson, Watson and Paul Ruse point out. Ah, uh, okay. What did, what did Austin Tim Watson point out? Anything much? Well, I just think that it, wasn't he saying that it was just a waste of time and uh, and uh, you know unnecessary and you know it's just a bit of a, a ruse really that you know what we're doing and uh, we should just be focusing of 
in uh, on Australian football in Australia, and I think I love Macca's rebuttal on uh, on Monday. Like maybe he should concentrate on his son being a drug cheat or something like that. And uh, <laughs> which uh, which yeah, that got my reaction too. I thought that was quite funny, but um, no, yeah. And then Paul Ruse was lamenting the conditions that AFL players have to go in economy and how outrageous that is. And I must admit that's something I do agree with. Like anyone having to go in economy, including myself, it's just outrageous. And I don't know how I'm going to do it in two weeks' time, but I might have to take some value in with some scotch. Is is that a good way? What's a, if anyone wants to give me some tips? How do how do I go a sixteen hour flight and make it and survive in a sane condition in economy? Do I uh, I did upgrade the exit row seats, but I'm still concerned. Do you know? Do the AFL players take a leaf out leaf out of my book? Do they do, do they try and get their hands on some sleeping tablets, or do you go for the Valium with a couple of drinks, or do you buy the inflatable cushions? How do we how do we survive this sort of long haul journey? Look, I mean, I guess that's probably one of the plus sides of um, having a club doctor is they probably are able to prescribe sleeping pills and things like that for trips like that. So um, maybe they just get on that and get zonked out and off they go. Off they go. So that would make mm. a bit of sense if that was the case. Um, mm. Yeah. I guess it wouldn't be performance enhancing, so it wouldn't really show up in their bloodstream, would it? No, well, if anything, it would be performance inhibiting, um, really. There are some inclusions so- on that list that are a bit strange. Like, I think... Some drugs are only on there because in archery it's it's useful to be relaxed, and in no right. other sport does it matter. I remember that right. being one. I can't remember what 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 else what the drug was, but it was one like that because it's useful to be in archery to be to not be stressed. Then these relaxants were were banned as well, which is a bit strange. But so what do you how do you, how do you rate the uh, Tim Watson as a commentator post his playing career? Yeah, you know, and, and are you a big Tim Watson fan? I absolutely loathe Tim Watson. Um, I'm very disappointed by the fact that uh, everyone seems to have forgotten his period coaching at St Kilda because it really was diabolical. Um, and, you know, if you've got some, a diabolical mark on your record, it is good to just have note of that. I think and how, that they, diabol- how diabolical was it, Portia? Well, can, he, can, he's, can between, you remind me? Between 1999 and 2000, his team won 12 games out of 44. Uh, and they had one draw, which I think might have been... I don't know if that was us or not, or if that was a year later. But anyway, he did pretty badly. Um, they make a big deal about his lifetime of footy experience over here in Melbourne. Very frustrating. Um, <laughs> he's just, the best thing that ever happened to football was when it was away from Channel 7 and he stayed at Channel 7. <laughs> but but I, I thought he was one of those people where when you put on glasses, that makes you ten times smarter. Well, I mean, but... cl- clearly that's what people think has happened. I think that what... I think that when Cameron Ling's a bit under the pump for his contract, he might put on glasses and then suddenly everyone will have that same effect with him because he's bloody rubbish. But uh, there you go. <laughs> the, the only problem, with, the only problem uh, Cameron Ling's going to have is that uh, the bulk of Australia have an issue against Rangers. That's, uh, that's going to work against him. Look, honestly, I think that there would be a lot less people with an issue against Rangers than there would be people with an issue with Cameron Ling. Um, he's, he's, he's atrocious. He's absolutely terrible. He should just shut but up this- at all times. But there's a lot more issues with people and uh, Tim Watson, that's for sure. Okay. We could just do a whole show on bagging out on Tim Watson. What do you reckon? Well, look, I mean, we could, but let's just talk very briefly. We'll go back to the regular segment about what are they up to. Um, now, I, I, honestly, I just want to make a confession to people listening in. Um, I did try really hard to watch the last two games by Gold Coast, but every time I did, all I could think about was when they were playing North Melbourne is, gee, I wish we drafted Ben Brown. 
Uh, and when they're playing Geelong, it's like, oh, God, I hate Geelong so much. And I'd really... Gold Coast is a team like the... What is it? The What's the team that the Harlem Globetrotters play against? The, the Washington Generals? Yes. They're, they're like the Washington Generals of the AFL. They're just like... You, no, one, no one goes to see them play. They go to see the opponents play. And um, so the who, what are they up to is really kind of hard this round. Um, we'll talk really briefly, though. Uh, North I'm, Melbourne... Oh, sorry, Rick? I was just going to say... The only downside is they've won their last couple of games after I thought they were going to be diabolical well, this year. And that's the really annoying part is that they beat Geelong last week and that means that unlike us, they've beaten a top four side this year. Um, that's frustrating. <laughs> There's no doubt yes. about that. <laughs> Frustration number one. But they did lose to North Melbourne the week before, but not by much, only by 13 points. So uh, in that game, round six, uh, North Melbourne 16, 11, 107 defeated Gold Coast, 14, 10, 94. Um, the scoring shots are pretty even. Uh, Gary Ablett is back into Gary Ablett form almost. He had 18 clearances that game, 45 disposals, 27 of which were contested. Um, absolutely obscene numbers. Uh, I guess the only thing we've really got going for us this week is that the following week, round seven, Gold Coast versus Geelong, which Gold Coast won, um, the best player was probably David Swallow, and he's out with an injury this week. So that might be a bit of a saving grace for us. Um, but you've got you to remember, though, that North Melbourne uh, are also a really, really, really good side. I mean, they have beaten the team that's going to win the next 10 consecutive premierships and <laughs> kept them to a, a scoreless first quarter and kicked 64 points themselves. So I am just shuddering at what North Melbourne is going to do to the competition for the rest of this year because it's going to be astronomically good. Well, I mean, who knows, you know, on, actually, look, anything downside um, of that uh, win by the North Melbourne against the Adelaide is seeing um, Brad Scott's face. That was frustrating. But apart from that, it was very enjoyable. Um, Sorry, I had to chuck that one in there. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, look, um, I guess we'll get to come down to how are they winning? Uh, with Gold Coast, and if you look through the stats and all those sort of things, and you know, if you're looking at numbers, is actually this is the scary thing about it. Looking at Gold Coast stats is more entertaining than watching Gold Coast. Um, they're three and four, which puts them one win behind us. And a week ago, look, I was expecting them really rubbish them this week, um, but they're only one win behind us. So what does that say? Uh, mm. It's all about their midfield. Um, their defence is pretty meh. Their forwards are kind of ordinary. Um, but their midfield is real. It's genuinely threatening. They get big numbers. Admittedly, a huge amount of them are uncontested. They're one of the, I think, they're the most uncontested side in the league. Um, and what that means is they basically uh, don't like being close. They like running to space and kicking to space. Uh, and because they don't take many marks, you know that a lot of the time they are literally kicking to space and sweeping it up from there. Um, look, I don't know. I, I kind of feel that they are set up for us if we play as if we play as badly as we did last week. We should we lose this game. We should lose this well, game if we play like last week. This sounds a lot like our conversation last week, where we were talking about West Coast midfield as really being their you know their key performing know, area of the ground, and we just could not stop their midfield. Uh, I guess the one saving grace for us is. Does the Gold Coast have the same organised structural zonal defence that West Coast does? And I guess the other interesting thing I read, um, which I really didn't think about, but maybe it's a true point, you know, maybe Adelaide Oval suits West Coast game plan because it's narrow 
um, for their, you know, for their zone collapsible zone defence and the defence and how they set back deep. So maybe that's why they've got such a good record here. And I'm, I'm not convinced that Gold Coast has the same system as what West Coast does. Look, for me, um, I think that the difference between Gold Coast and West Coast that are all part of this game is the fact that we don't... is that Gold Coast, they don't have a Barass or a McGovern. They don't have anyone close to McGovern, frankly, um, mm. in my view. Um, they've got good conventional key defenders that, you know, they'll do, put a lead up and they'll put a spoil on, but that's about it, in my view. Mm. Um, and so I think that they are beatable, particularly if Charlie Dixon repeats the form he's been... I mean, Charlie Dixon, he was our best on ground last week. There's no doubt. That was the best game he's played for Port Adelaide, in my view, which is really frustrating to have happen in a loss. Um, mm. I think he did really well. Um, so I think that their uh, defence is exploitable. We'll probably go into that a little bit more later. Um, I think that one of the interesting things, and this is the one that Gold Coast fans will be saying, oh, look, Tom Lynch is in pretty good form this year. And look, he's been pretty good. But the reality is that in four games against us, they've lost every game and he's had a total of three goals um, mm. so in four games. So he's a guy that we have proven we've been able to shut down in the past. And we're playing a, a slightly overloaded midfield, a slightly over defence, sorry, overloaded defence. But um, I think that we'll have the answer for him. Um, Peter Wright's not doing a lot. It's probably really just the small forwards that we've probably got to watch out for. Um, so, look, I think... What the, about the... Um, sorry, what about the future Port Adelaide superstar, Sam Day? What's going on there? Oh, look, I think he's in the same boat as Sam, uh, Gorringe. Daniel Gorringe, is it? Um, you know, he had his chance to come home. He didn't, so good luck to him. He'll be there forever. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering your jock, Sam. Yeah, I guess that's another way to put it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, because they're really good at uncontested possession, one of the things we really got to watch out for is not just kicking it to space and hoping we can run onto it. Um, the reality is that they will sweep it up and they'll come on the counter-attack. Um, it's really interesting, this match-up in a lot of ways. But the fact that it's in China really throws away any possibility we had of saying that we've got a, a, an advantage. I mean, no one knows what the ground's going to be like. No one knows what the, the stadium's like. No one's, no one's trained there even. At this point, I don't think. Um, it just really takes away any possibility we might have had of um, having an advantage in this game, I feel. Uh, mm-hmm. mm, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be very interesting. Well, but we have done more reconnaissance than what they have. So sure. surely sure. surely we still have a little bit more of an advantage over there. And maybe we're, you know, our friends in China are going to serve them some dodgy food on the side, the Gold Coast team. So uh, that might uh, that might help as well. Look, I mean, I do think that one of the advantages we do have is the fact that we've probably got Port fans travelling over and they probably have no fans travelling over. So that might play into our hands a bit, I guess. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've got all the little weird things like the um, never tear us apart. I assume we'll be doing that in China as much as they'll have no context for it. Um, mm. Yeah, that could be good. But... Uh, so do you think um, Gold Coast have another advantage by being able to wear their red guernsey? Uh, look, I mean, it really depends on how much impact the fact that we've had a few games broadcasted in China has had, you know. Uh, a lot of times people that watch football, they pick a team from the first match they watch. Like, you know, you hear about migrant stories all the time. It's like, oh, okay, I went and saw a game and it was North Adelaide and they won, so I barracked for North Adelaide. Like, that was that was basically the whole rationale. So the fact that there have been some port games on TV already probably will make the crowd lean towards us. Um, mm. But if Gold Coast win, then that might be a bit frustrating. 
But I, I think that if Port get on top and they stay on top, then we'll have the crowd 100% behind us. So. Well, China, the China experiment's been going a couple of years now. Exactly, and, exactly. Uh, and we've disappointed, I'm sure, um, the Chinese followers quite a few times in the last couple of years, and they're still around. So There's it been can't a few be... good wins, though, in that lot too, the ones that we've broadcast. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the big ones, uh, we've sort of let ourselves down a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I still think we've got an advantage. I think we've done more reconnaissance there. I think we're a bit more prepared. We got to fly in, in uh, better class uh, over there and we'll probably be a little bit more comfortable and relaxed. So as long as we're not uh, too comfortable on game day... Um, yeah, I'm hoping that we'll be a bit more switched on. But it seems that injuries are a bit of a uh, an issue for us at the moment. Ollie Wines looked a bit injured. Travis oh, Boat God. was a bit rusty um, yeah. last week. Yeah, Robbie Gray now. Someone, um, Denise, uh, has the coffee shop next door to me, said, oh, it's bad news about Robbie Gray. And I'm like, what, the, what are you talking about? This is when I was going to the car at 4 o'clock. She goes, oh, it's all over the radio. I'm like, what's all over the radio? I said, I've got poor <laughs> people all over my news feed and I've seen nothing on social media. And she goes, oh, that, you know, they've come out and said that he's got bad arthritis in his hips and, uh, you know, in five, and he's got some bone issue and in five years' time he, not be, he might not even be able to walk. And I'm like, well, this is news. When, what's going on? Triple M, apparently. So have you heard any of this uh, career-ending rumour that I, I have heard nothing of? I had not heard that part of it but there has was an article on the afl website about oh you know grades in doubt which i mean i guess that's a really good segue to get onto the next thing which is about the selections for this week um uh-huh. so there's been a couple of changes um because it's a sunday game we only had to name a 25 but apparently ken hinckley's been doing his thing that he does occasionally and saying who we're going to bring in and who we're going to drop which usually also means we're going to drop hartlett but i guess we'll find out um, the ins that are definitely in the 22 apparently are Carl Amon and Brendan Archie and apparently Aaron Young and um, Sam Houston are going to drop out. Dan Houston? Dan yes, Houston, well, sorry. Dan- yeah, how rough is that for Dan Houston to get dropped after one shit game? That's a bit, that's a bit awful. Um, yeah, that's... I mean, I'm as you know, I'm a big fan of Dan the Man and, yeah. uh, and I've been... Yeah, I think he's been so composed but maybe there's a little bit more to there. Maybe, maybe they've identified through some tracking that he's tired and uh, so this is the opportunity to rest him and then give him the bye and, and potentially they'll bring him back. Um, that's a very um, big benefit of the doubt you're giving there. Uh, it is, but that's what I'm going with because I can't feel any other logical reason why you would do it. I... I can't. Sorry, I apologise. I'm ripping someone else's comment from Big Footy, but um, I do agree. Well, I can't remember who it was. I, it was just I a passing. It was. <laughs> it, it was uh, sorry, but it was just a passing glance, and I agree with them that if anything, you can't. We don't really need Broadbent and Hartlett playing in the same side. Yeah, look, I, mean, I don't think they play an identical yeah. role, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm not sold on broadband as much as some other people are i guess but no well i'm not i used to be but i uh, i'm not as convinced anymore um yeah i again he's one of those players that i think he's in my crosshairs uh you know i just think see i think he disappears in the big games he's again he's okay against the, the lesser teams but the big the big game he's not a big game player and uh that's i just call it as i see it and that's how i see it well, now that we've reached the scapegoat section of the podcast, I think I would like to name Jack Homsch as someone I'm, I'm going off a little bit, quite honestly. Um, hmm. Jeez. What, yeah. you, don't like, 
You don't like Jack? It's not that I don't like him, but I think that at this point, certainly this year, I think that he's the worst performed of Jonas and Clurian himself. Um, right. And we need to get that tall backman in. So someone's got to go. And I, I just don't, I haven't been impressed by his game at all this year. And I think that in a lot of ways, Clurian is more useful for us as a team than Hopsch is. If you take the best this... of both of them, the fact that Clurian can actually hold a tall is good. Mm. is not real great at that. He's good at taking the intersecting mark in front, but I mean we've got Houston now. I like him better. Houston's form this year has been better than Hompshire's best form in my view, which I know that's going to get yeah. some controversy. But mm. is it just the role that he's playing and coming off a knee medial that's being a bit of a problem as well? Look, it's entirely possible that that's the case. I'm I'm just putting it out there for future. For, this is the scapegoat segment, so that's where we. Yeah. Are. <laughs> well, what about what about Young? I mean, wow. if they've dropped him. If they've dropped him, surely his shoulder's potentially a little bit bung. So oh, why even take him in form. the... Yeah, well, people are saying it's from him being slammed in the turf in that Adelaide game. And, I mean, it, maybe yeah. it is. But, but why take him in the first place? Why not take a, another fit performing player, maybe like a Palmer, um, for the experience? Because Magpies have got to buy anyway. Um, rather than... Uh, taking Aaron Young and then dropping him anyway. I mean, that's a bit confusing. Yeah, look, I agree that is a bit weird. Um, so just for the full selections into the 25, we've got Carl Amon, Aidan Johnson, Dougal Howard and Brendan Archie coming in. Yes! Um, yeah, I know you'd be happy about that. I'm not super stoked, but maybe he'll prove me wrong. Um, yes! It, it really kind of feels like Brendan's been brought in for an audition game, but I guess we'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah, and, Brend- and, Brendan is like yeah. Neo from The Matrix. Right. How so, he, Rick? Please explain that terribly long because, leap. Because he has all the ability to bend the rules however we, he likes and be such an influential player, but I just don't feel he's believed. But I think I think this year with Keddie playing hard to get with him and basically rejecting him, I think he's gone away and he's basically died and now he's reborn and he is going to dominate for Port Adelaide in the AFL competition. And don't be surprised if he handballs a goal from 50 metres this week. Anything is possible with this young fella. Right. Uh, look, yeah. I'm less optimistic. You're not with me? I'm not with you. Um, the fact that Carl Amon's coming back, I think that that was a huge mistake last week, not having him in. I think that against West Coast, that was pretty much the perfect Carl Amon game because he has that ability to kick across the midfield, kick across the centre square and actually hit up a target, which we desperately needed in that game. Um, Brendan Archie, I mean, he burned his bridges with me last year. I was ready to delist him. Um, I still would have. Uh, so if he comes out and proves me wrong, good luck to him. Good luck to him. But he will. I, I, look, I'm not convinced he will. I, I, I you're, think, such a, you're such a doubter. Well, I am a doubter, Brendan well, Archie, but he's given me reason to be a doubter. He's given me reason we, to be a doubter. Do you want to do a double or nothing bet? Because oh, I, yeah. I still owe you a box of tea for, That's true, the, sa- for Sam the Sammy Cahoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, so well, shall we do it? Do you want to? Shall we do a bet on uh, Brendan for the rest of this year? I'm happy to. I'm happy to do something. No, double no, or nothing. No. I'm almost tempted to do the same bet with we did the same Cahoon, which is whether he'll reach 50 games. Uh, so I'll have a look and see how many he's played, because I don't think he's played yes. that many. Uh, uh, it's probably 20. Yeah, I think he'd be Tw- about that 20 mark, and I think that Sam Cahoon was not too far from that. Um, so 
Yeah, I'm, I'm up for a double or nothing, you bet. So, let's see, Brandon yeah, but, Archie. But, I don't... He has but played... Where's the number of games? Oh, yes, this is that. I'll click on your name. AFL Tables, yeah. is, re- AFL Tables is a really good website. And it's a shame the AFL don't officially do it, but... Yeah, he's, right. played, he's played 22 games, so I reckon he won't reach 50 games for Port Adelaide. Shit, that's a big call. I, I reckon I need odds on this one. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what the punter... <laughs> if there's anyone on the chat channel, uh, before I agree to this one, I'd like I'd like some people to see if I if I deserve odds on this bet. Maybe maybe three to one or... Three to one, one. So, uh, if I if, <laughs> if I win, I mean, like, you owe me two bet boxes of tea. Okay, I'll take because, that one. Uh, if, if, if you win, I'll, I'll, I'll owe you one packet of tea because you already owe me one. Yeah, no, that's only two to one. Yeah, that's two yeah, to one. I'll give you two to one. That's pretty good. Uh, three to one. I'm not going to give you three to one. No way. Come on. Come on. It's huge in your favour. I mean, he's been on our list four years. He's played 22 games and Ken Hinkley obviously hates him. He's, so oh, the tra- come on. He's just named him this week. You know he's going to add one to that tally already. Seriously. Oh, what about two and a half to one? Not two to one, because you can't give half a box of tea. Oh, all right, one. just to continue the show going. Fine, I'll take that bet. 50 games for the Arch. Come on, Arch. 50 games for the Arch. You can do all it. Right. Done deal. We're Done on. Deal. Yes. Come on, Arch. He can do it. So, <sighs> but I'm, I, let's face it, though. He deserves his opportunity this week. He has, he's had excellent SAFL form, and if we're going to have integrity in our backup competition... You have to reward people um, for great SANFL form. And uh, he's been like the best players, you know, at least three times, if not the player in those games. And he's been kicking goals. He's been getting lots of ball, which has been his probably his biggest issue, um, getting some clearances and tackling. So I guess the question is for Arch and Damon, where are they going to be played? Look, for me, I, I don't agree. That was one of the things that you and Macca agreed on on Monday night that I was really not agreeing with at all. Um, we talk about players deserving to be named if they're in good form, but that's not how the AFL works. The AFL works that they get named if we need them in the side, and I'm not convinced that Arch is going to fill a particular need for us in the side. Um, mm-hmm. He might play really well, but I don't know. Like I just don't see where he fits in realistically. Um, he's not the he's, in AFL level. He has not been the greatest kick. He's not been the greatest at delivering to a leading target. He's not been the greatest really at winning his own ball. Is usually the best stuff has come from a handball receive or something like that. Look, um, I, I really find it hard to justify bringing him in, um, quite frankly. But look, I mean, we've done okay. it. We've, we've done he's it. He's in. He's so in. So where's he going to play? Where's he going to play? The bench is where he's going to play. He's going to play on the bench. And he's going to come in for maybe a half. I reckon that'd be about it. For a half. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon. So, so um, I don't have I'll, the run I'll sheet. Rather, this is the thing for me. Like we've we've had we've dropped Aaron Young, um, and we've named Aiden Johnson in the twenty-five. Like for me, Aiden Johnson, I would have brought in immediately for Aaron Young because Aiden Johnson has already, in my view, proven that he has more AFL capability than Brendan Archie. I know that's a big call, but that's where we're at. That is a massive call. Everyone thought Thompson had potential to. No, nah, he didn't. He didn't. I, I was never on the way Thompson back bandwagon. Very different player. Very different. No? No. No, I was never Wade Thompson. Yeah. You can look it up. You can look it up on Bigfooty. I was never Jared Irons. I was not on the Jared Irons bandwagon, but I am very much on the Aiden Johnson bandwagon right now. 
Right. You're on the Aiden Johnson bandwagon after one game. Yeah, against you bet. Cal- hey, look. Against, against Carlton. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'd like to say I'm with you, but I'm not. On the, not on this one. Well, so, but, uh, but it's not that I'm not saying really that you won't fortunate make it. Thing, this is the really fortunate thing is that I don't care if you're with me, so that's good. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, we always agree to disagree, so that's uh, yeah. that's fine. It's uh, it's one of those good things. All so right. How, how's the Sorry. chat room going? Is it quiet or is it oh, actually Dylan it? and Ryan are kicking off. They really kicking are they? Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are um, they saying? Well, Dylan said that rest, uh, Robbie Gray resting a guy prior to the bye is dumb as hell. Um, Christopher said Hinkley himself has said Houston was unlucky and that there's too many in the back line, which Hinkley, where were you a couple of weeks ago when we had too many in the back line? Um, Dylan has reminded you that it's Parmia instead of Parma, which I don't agree with. Uh, what? For Parmigiana. What's he talking about? What's he talking What's he talking Chicken and Parmigiana. Ta- I don't know. No, it's Parmi. Get over it. Ryan is on the um, bandwagon for Brendan Archie. He says you have to reform, yes. you have to reward good form Porsche, and he has been good. He reckons the odds should have been two point six, so two dollars sixty odds of him playing fifty yes. games. But we're sticking on two yes. to one. Yes, see, I'm one. too generous. Agreed. I'm, look, I I'm am charging way interest too on my box of tea. That's my justification for the difference. Um, and Dylan has just said apparently Fox Footy apparently just accidentally posted the N word on a Facebook post. I don't know how real that is, but he did also say that tonight rules, so that's good. And he said so Aiden Johnson should be called Jaden Johnson, which I, I mean I'm up with that. Jaden Johnson, I like that's, that. that's a good name. I like that. So what has Fox Footy posted up? Apparently they've posted the N word on a Facebook post, which I can't yeah. imagine how what's, that would happen. But what's the M? What's the M word? <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> what? Mother? In 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 for Nelly at going by the old um, Burgess Wheel of Fortune method. Oh, well, you <laughs> did you know I was on Wheel of Fortune? I did not. You were you were on Wheel of Fortune. Was it Burgess uh, one? Was it like the Burgess version? Yes. Yeah, it was oh the Burgess. Who was it? Was it Adriana Exenides? Please tell yes. me, it was Adriana. Yes. Oh my god! Yes, it was. Yes. How did it go? I failed miserably. Oh. So, have you got have you got two minutes for this story? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We're fine. We're fine. I hope everyone is willing to entertain this. So, um, I uh, I was in year twelve. Mm-hmm. So it was in it was in nineteen ninety. Wow. And oh my god. I sort of I know I'm feeling freaking old. And so <laughs> um, I uh, I was sort of hanging around with a bit of a dorky group at the time. Sure. Um, well, you're playing for fortune. And so this. Um, this dorky group of people wanted to go on Wheel of Fortune and yeah. I had no interest on going on Wheel of Fortune. And so, uh, but I went for the fun and for the application. So, cause it was filmed in Adelaide. And so we went in there and, and so there was this little 10 question random quiz and uh, I had no idea on like five of the answers. And so I just copied off the person next to me and, uh, <laughs> and voila, I got 10 out of 10. And uh, there was about 200 people there. But what you did have to do was you actually had to have a photo with your with your questions. And fortunately for me, unlike now, I'm, I must have been, you know, TV-genic back then. Yep, so yep, yep. Uh, uh, I think I just got through on my photo. So uh, 
and I had no idea what the hell I was doing when I got on the show. But it was pretty cool, and I won a uh, Ian Moss video and uh, and a gold fake gold chain. And, wow! Um, oh, fake gold chain. Wow, that's and, very good. Uh, I was great. I was only seventeen back then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I was pretty young when I got on the show, and. Yeah, Burjo ripped me at the beginning. He uh, paid the crap out of my shirt. It was some, uh, what was that? What was that iron-free substance that you could wear back then? Was it like rayon or something? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I was like, and it was like, oh yeah, it was just like some material that was. It was really like silky, but it just didn't. It wouldn't uh, have any creases in it ever. And so I wore that, and it was red and floral. And he just tore. <laughs> he just tore the shit out of me. And then so, what was my rebuttal was. Yeah, nice tie, Burjo. And uh, but obviously they edited that bit out. Yeah, buggers, But but uh, but Adriana was lovely, very attractive woman. Um, so I think that's why I failed. I think I just spent half the time just perving on her. Oh, but um, but yeah, it was a, a great experience, and I think they should bring it back. What a great show that was. Look, it was enjoyable. But look, some of the shows they've got today are pretty good. I have to admit. And I think that I think that Wheel of Fortune would lose something if you didn't have someone actually turning the letters. I think that was one of the cool things of the format, it's just the fact that yes. someone actually had to literally turn them. Um, if yes. they just had them like automatically or that was like a digital screen, it just wouldn't have the same effect in my view. So um, I think it was very much of its era and I'm, I really enjoyed it when it was on. Yes. Very good. Yes. Let's bring it back. Yeah. All right. Look, we're going to get back to football again. Um, oh, we have, we really? Yeah. We've got to talk a little bit about football because otherwise people okay. might go, they're not talking about football and they'll tune out. Okay. Uh, all right, so we'll talk briefly about the Gold Coast squad changes. They've got a few, and they're actually really useful for us. Um, so the outs, we'll start with the outs. David Swallow, who had 10 clearances last week and was really good in midfield, is out. Callum Archie, this is ironic, Callum Archie goes out. Brendan Archie goes in for us. Callum Archie mm. is actually, believe it or not, he's their third highest goal scorer this year. Uh, and he's out. Uh, and, of course, Matt Rosa, who, if you haven't followed Gold Coast, he used to play for West Coast. He's pretty... Pretty decent midfielder. He's not, you know, amazing. He's second tier. He's a second tier mid. Um, he was all right. Um, but yeah, the ins are Braden Fiorini, Rory Thompson, Matt Shaw, Jack Bowes, who was one of the guys we talked about in the draft podcast last year, and he's he is, he's a midfielder, but I don't really rate him. Keegan Brooksby's back, theoretically. It's the 25, of course, so he might get dropped. And Josh Schoenfeld, who I know nothing about. Um uh, it's really, really interesting. Um, Wits, uh, Wits, Jared Wits is their main ruckman, and he's had a really good year. He's actually had a slightly better year than Paddy Ryder statistically so far, um, which is really unfortunate because when you couple that with the fact that they've actually got a pretty decent midfield, we're in a bit of trouble. Um, so we're mm. moving into the ruck matchup. Um, Jared Wits is averaging 34 hitouts this year, which is the sixth most of any ruckman in the league. Uh, and he's about the 13 disposal mark with three clearances. But he's, a, he's not a big marker. So if he's not playing in ruck, he's not really getting much of the ball. Uh, he's only taken three contested marks for the year, for example. Um, look, that when Ryder had that brief bit of injury last week, I I was really panicky. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that, was, that was really worrying. And if he's a bit proper after last week, this could be... This battle could actually be the battle that wins or loses us the game between Wits and um, Ryder. And if Keegan Brooksby ends up in the 22 uh, as a secondary ruckman, um, that could really see them wearing him out, which is hugely concerning for us, I think. Well, what's the... Um, we're talking about Wits that played at Collingwood, right? Oh, I don't know much about him. Hang on. I think so. I'm pretty sure. You, I'm pretty sure. You, you wouldn't think there'd be too many Wits around. There's plenty of dim Wits, however. I deal with those quite often. Yeah, yeah. But Collingwood Wits. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was never that good. What's going on there? Well, he's got a really good midfield at his feet. That's what's going on there. Gary, we've talked about right. Gary Ablett, how he's, he's back in his good yes. form again. So that, that's all you need. You've got a good midfielder at your foot, and then any ruckman can look like a genius. That's how Matty Lobby got a five-year contract. Um, yes, let's not talk yeah. about that one. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, well, you'd still think that Ryder's athleticism... Um, should put him in good stead because I mean I always thought Wits was just more that lumbering sort of wrestling sort of like the Shane Mumford sort of type more than uh, or the the informed Matty Loby type rather than uh, the athletic type. Well, I mean that's really the concern about the athletic types versus the the giant ruckman, which is the athletic types. If they have a slight injury, they can have their output considerably diminished. Whereas like mm. so, a guy like you know back in the day, Matty Primus. He could be injured and he'd still be an effective ruckman because he just had the strength to sort of bully people, um, which is a huge difference. Whereas Ryder, he's very much the leaping ruckman and that very much changes his game if he's not well, particularly if it's a leg injury. So that's concerning. I didn't even know he had an injury. Are you sure he's got an injury? Well, he had a brief injury during the game and I just worry. I just worry when it comes to the fact we've only got one genuine ruckman that has AFL experience. Um, I, that worries the hell out of me. I might be a bit overly worried. I know that Russell Lieber Handball would agree with me in saying that we have a, a dire situation in our rucks with the fact we've only got one with AFL experience that we trust to play. Um, mm. But there we are. But most play, most teams are going down that pathway now, though. No, they at least have a, a, a good part-timer. Like for us, our part-timer is Jackson Trengove, and he has a real crack, but he's not genuine ruck height. Whereas what we're seeing more and more is the equivalent of when Brendan Laid used to play forward for us. Um, so mm. they'll have they'll have a main ruckman, and then they'll also have a, a key forward who has ruck height that plays forward, um, and then he comes in and relieves at times. Um, and we don't have that at the moment. Do you do you think that maybe that's why um, the Dougal was brought over? Well, look, I mean, I guess we'll see. It might be that Dougal was brought over because there's a injury concern for one of our key backmen or our key-ish backmen, I should say. Um, mm. It'd be interesting to see why, but I think. I guess part of the reason, the fact that they're playing in China, part of the reason was probably because he's a versatile tall. So if we do get a, you know, if we have a training accident for one of our key forwards or our ruckman or whatever else, then theoretically he could plug and play for any of them. So that might be why yes. he's brought over. Mm. Um, I, don't have the, I don't have the same concern as what you do. I think uh, I think Ryder's going to be fine. I hope so. I hope he plays the rest of the season. I hope he plays every game, but if he doesn't, because if, do, if he doesn't, we're in trouble. I'm more concerned about Ollie Wines because he had an off game last week and his leg was really, really strapped heavily. Yeah, look, I mean, Ollie Wines is probably a guy who will really love the buy coming up, so that, that's all right. Um, if he plays a bad week this week, well, that's not great, but he'll have enough time to recover, I think. Um, and he's, mm. he's, you know, he's a healthy unit. He's a young guy, so he should be fine. Um, going sure. to the midfield, Gary Ablett. We already talked about he's still Gary Ablett. They're still very possession-focused. They've got the highest possession count in the league, and for reference, we are 13th out of 18. Um, but mm-hmm. interestingly, in contested position, Porter 7th and Gold Coaster 11th. So the fact is, they just are hugely, hugely keeping the ball away from the opposition. Um, mm. Aaron League is an, uh, sorry, Aaron Hall is an interesting one. He's 6th in the league for uncontested possession. Ablett is 13th. That's two Gold Coast players in the top 20 for the uncontested possession rate. Um, they just love space. There is Scott Clayton recruited side. And if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me bag Scott Clayton before. He's the guy behind recruiting people such as Farron Ray with a first-round pick and all those sorts of uh, really pacey guys at the Bulldogs under Terry Wallace. 
Um, and he was given the keys to the castle when Gold Coast was set up, and that's probably a huge part of why they are where they are right now. So um, how many um, how many AFL years in the system did Farron Ray have? He played a lot of games in the AFL, but whether you draft him with a first-round pick with a side that was already pretty pacey and light and outside, that's really the question. Mm. But still, he racked up a fair few games. He was a bit of a journeyman. Yeah, he was. That's... That's not actually a win for a club recruiter. That's not actually a win in a lot of ways. And he, did, he outperformed Aaron Fiora. Yeah, well, so? Just saying. <laughs> I just want to throw names out there because I know them. Yeah, okay. Well, you've had your name throwing out segment. Um, <laughs> the other interesting thing about the midfield is that they're the third highest for inside 50s, Porter number one. Um, so, it's, look, you think it's going to be a shootout. You think, you think in theory, it's going to be a shootout. If we can get on top of the midfield, so for the fact that Davis Hollows out, that's great. And if we can somehow manage to negate the influence of Jerry, of Gary Ablett, even a little bit, we're in with a chance to win this game. We we probably should win this game if we are where we thought we were two weeks ago. But if we are where we thought we were on Monday, we will definitely lose this game. So it's really interesting. We're not really sure where to go. Um, you would think that you'd think that if it's a shootout, that that's actually in our advantage. Well, you would, except for the fact that the guys we're bringing in this week, they're not, they're not really dominant midfieldy types. So we're bringing in Amon and Archie, and they're all right. They're very second tier, though. They don't actually add anything to our midfield. Um, and for them, we're dropping Young and um, Dan Houston. And for me, I like the fact that they're in, like their forwards, their key forwards are not great. Um, I would have thought this would have been a week that Dan Houston might have had a, a good shot of actually getting in there and um, getting a fair amount of possession. But, I mean, technically, yeah, okay, we're a defender too heavy, so that's all right to drop in. But mm. I don't know. Like, for me, I feel like we've got these three tallish defenders. might have been one of them that would have gone, because they've only got two decent tools that I would actually consider, and that's um, probably Wright and Lynch. Um, don't know, don't know. So but, do, you think the du- do you think Dougal might actually come in? Well, I mean, who would he come in for? That's the real question. Who does he come in for? Good question. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, is there a, maybe a potential injury concern over one of our big men? I can't see Ken Hinckley uh, dropping another smaller player for Dougal to come in, even though I wouldn't be uh, remiss of, uh, or uh, upset if uh, Sam Grave got dropped for Dougal Howard. Yeah, look, um, for me, I, I kind of feel like of the guys that have been named in the 25 that are yet to come in, I think that Aidan Johnson's ahead of Dougal Howard. Um, and I know you disagree with me, but that's okay. Um, for the re- you, you just got you just got Aidan loving. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not I'm not as much on the Aidan Johnson bandwagon as I sound, but the reality right. is that for the guys that we've named in our 25, he is realistically the best guy to bring in, I think, if we're going to have an extra out. Um, particularly if it's Robbie Gray, because of the fact that he can play forwardish and he can play midfieldish, he gives us a sort of a, a, a like for like change. Yeah. Whereas Dougal Howard would require a huge restructure in how our side lines up. Um, do we do we almost have to need have to have a little bit of West Coast about us this week? Should we actually be uh, instead of going for the shootout? Should we actually be going, uh, you know, setting a little bit deeper, being a little bit defensive in our structure and and trying to catch Gold Coast on the rebound? Um, look, I think that we will definitely try and do that because of the fact that we are aware that Gold Coast's ability to sort of win contested football is not high. 
Um, so if we can force turnovers, if we can force them to kick you know badly into the forward line, which they have done in the past, then we should yes. be able to exploit that with our defensive setup. Particularly with Hart, if we manage to make, if we manage to get Hartler isolated, so he can just do what he does best at this time. Uh, and if we're, if Westhoff is going back and playing that that ridiculous sweeper role as well, then I mean I think they'll get a lot of touches and they'll probably do quite well. Do you um, do you think there's something in the uh, this issue that we seem to lose quite often with having the high inside fifty differential? Uh, no. Uh, well, I mean there is, which is that we don't have a genuine like we don't have a legitimate key forward prospect apart from Charlie Dixon. I think that's really so, what showed us up last week. But so, if you could pick anyone from the league at this point in time, who would you league? grab from someone from the league? Who would you grab from someone yeah. else's team to chuck into our forward line to solve our sports forward line problem? Lynch from Adelaide. Who would it be? Lynch from Adelaide for sure. Who? Lynch. Tom Lynch from Adelaide. What? Lynch. Ten goal, Tommy. Yeah, I'd go with I'd go with Fair. Tommy Lynch from Adelaide. I think he'd be an excellent compliment for Dixon. That was really unexpected. I thought maybe like a, a Jeremy Cameron or yeah. Hogan from Melbourne. No, Are you no. You to the unassuming ten goal, Tommy. Well, because he's in a different What's category. What's the rationale to Charlie there? Dixon. Charlie, okay, for me, Charlie Dixon's our number one. We desperately yeah. need number two, and I think Tom Lynch is probably the best number two in the league right now. Is that because he's a good leading, roaming forward? Yeah, and because he's a really good mark as well. So I think that that complements Dixon's leading and high-marking game. That would be my choice. Uh, I know it's controversial because right. he's a Crows player, but that's where we are. Right. That's very... What about... So it's almost like a Jack Darling type player then. Yeah, not Jack Darling, though, because he's got that terrible finals record. But, yeah, yeah, that kind of player, for sure. Sure. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, I, I guess if I was going to pick from someone not the Crows, I might go for someone like uh, Hipwood. Um, but hopefully in a couple of years' time, uh, Marshall will end up being a Hipwood type. Uh, and that's Hipwood yes. from Brisbane I'm talking about there. Um, yes. I don't know. Apart from that, oh, gosh, I don't know. That was one of the interesting things from last week was seeing how much Nick Rewalt is not up to playing St Kilda's game plan. That was that was kind of sad, but he's going to go at the end of the year, you'd have to think. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen St Kilda play. Why? What's the problem? I thought he was still playing well. He's too slow. He thinks slow. He moves slow. And the way St Kilda were playing and won against GWS on Friday night last, um, he just doesn't fit in with them at all. He's, he's a different generation of football, and it was just so visible in that game. Um, right. Yeah, no, he'll be gone at the end of the year for sure. I've got no doubt. Well, he probably could have gone this year, really. He could have, and he might. Have, maybe he should have. Um, but the way they're playing, the way they're winning, is sort of really frantic, really high work rate. He's not not up to that. He, he, he never has played that game in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, there you go. Would you do a multi bet with me? Uh, Marshall, maybe. Marshall, Marshall, and Archie to play fifty games each. And give me 10 to 1? No. No, no thanks. Oh. Why would oh. I do that? I've got nothing against Marshall. <laughs> well, he's a project player, hasn't drafted high, hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah, he could be an abject failure. Nah, he'll do something at least. Could be a Bowen Lockwood. Look, if he gets the 20 game mark, I'm interested in talking bets, but until he does, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. All right. So, look, we'll just get on to briefly the Gold Coast defence. Um, Gold Coast are the third most heavily gold against side. Um, for reference, Port are the 18th gold against side, which is to say that we have very few goals scored against us. Gold Coast have heaps. Um, basically, what it comes down to when you look at the stats, it sort of means that when it gets forward, it becomes goals. Um which basically means they've got a really poor, def- poor team defence. Um, if Charlie Dixon played like he did last week against Gold Coast uh, and where our supply is anywhere decent at all, mm. then we should win this one by a long way. Um, the real question is whether we'll be able to do it. Do you, do you think um, Charlie's still a little bit unreliable in front of goals or is he getting better? Uh, I think he's a bit unreliable in front of goals, but for me his role isn't so much... <laughs> this is going to be... If Mac is listening to this, and I guess, I guess he eventually will, um, for me it's not so much about how he's going in front of goals as how much he's taking marks. Um, because he's a centre-half forward. There's no doubt about that in my mind. He's a genuine centre-half forward. Um, he sets up goals as much as kicks them. I think he's all right. I, th- I, mm. I think he could be better. But there's not a lot of forwards in the league that are better, um, <laughs> realistically. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he was able to take marks, and the marks he's taking are usually... You know, the ball's coming into the forward line that no one else on our side can mark. Um, do you think Do you think um, Gold Coast will lack the polish coming into the forward line against yes. our stronger stronger defence, which will be to our advantage? I think they like polish coming into the forward line anyway because they've got ordinary forwards. Uh, mm. And the fact that our defence is pretty settled, realistically, they are a settled unit. And the fact they do have the really good versatility, um, you know, they're right up there with the league's best in terms of the different kinds of roles our defenders can play. Um, with the exception of giant backman. That's the one flaw in our defence. But apart from that, they're pretty good. Um, I think that that is an area where we will see a lot of possessions. So if you're a super coach person, I reckon, you know, get on get on Hartlett to get 30 possessions this week, I reckon. I reckon it'll be right up there. Interesting. Mm. I'll, uh, I'll check out. I don't bet on football, though. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then just quickly to the game in general. Should we be concerned about Rodney Ede? Um, I think the short answer on that is no, realistically. No. Um, I haven't worried about Rodney Ede for years, so, you know. Yeah. Ro- Rodney Ede stopped no. being someone to worry about when Tony Lockett left. Well, sorry, when, when, yeah, when Tony Lockett left, that's about right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised Rodney's still got the job. Well, he's a career coach, and that's part of the criticism I have in it, of him, which is that he'll just do whatever he can to stay in a job as long as possible. I don't think he's, you know, the closest he's come to a premiership was in 1997. Um, yeah. 1990, yeah, 1996, sorry, 1996 when they made the grand final. Um, he's a career coach. He's just, he's in this for the paycheck. Um, and so if you're a team that generally wants to win a premiership, you don't want Rodney Eater's coach in my view. Um, he's mm. just there to be a maintainer until they have a team good enough to maybe have a crack. So um, no, there's no, nothing we should be concerned about with Rodney in my view. Um, psychological mm-hmm. advantage. Uh, I, I kind of feel this is going to sound weird. I kind of feel like Gold Coast have a slight psychological advantage um, because I think that one of the things that Port Adelaide in recent years has proven that they're not great at is getting over overcoming the fear of losing. Um, we know that Port Adelaide have put a bit of time into this China project. We know that you know KT as much as he doesn't like interfering with the football department and Koshi as much as he doesn't like doing the same. Both of them are going to be putting so much attention into this game that the players will know, and particularly the leadership group will know, that this is a really important game for us. Whereas Gold Coast, they're going over with nothing to lose. Um, so I think they've probably got the psychological advantage. and just comes down to who's got the more class on the day and who can keep their, 
you can stay level-minded. I don't like the nothing to lose mentality though, because that means sometimes you don't care how you play because you well, expect absolutely. to lose anyway. Yeah, well, I mean that's the thing with the Gold Coast, um, and I think that's I agree, I totally agree. Uh, which is the Gold Coast to win, or maybe they'll get smashed by ninety points. You know, <laughs> that's that's mm. the, that's even odds every week. Well, really, is the outcome of this game who can pick up the more money in sponsorship out of the two clubs? Is that really the real winner out of this game? No, not really. No, no, no. no. Well, no. We want the four points, and Gold Coast probably want them a bit, but I think we hopefully want them more. Yeah, well, we need them because we've got two big games coming back. We've got to play Geelong and then Hawthorne, so um, yeah. we should be Hawthorne at home, but Geelong oh, is God, skilled. Really? <laughs> yeah, well, who knows? But I mean, unbelievable. How did how did Hawthorne beat West Coast at the MCG is beyond me. But anyway, that's a uh, that's a, a story for another day. Yeah. All right, well, look, this is the segment of the podcast where I had actually initially put in specifically Rick's diversions of choice, but we actually already had a few, I think. But unless yes. Have, any have you got any others? I've got, I've got plenty. <laughs> but here you go. go, here's one. Here's one. Yeah. What did the Buddhist ask the hot dog vendor? Make me one with, with everything. everything, yeah. Oh, have you heard this? It's an old one. That's really oh, old. Oh, well, I, well, I won't worry about something. Oh, I've, got a diver- I've got a diversion for you. Before the podcast, I was talking to my dad, who reckons he's half vegetarian now, which is that half of everything he eats is vegetables. Well, <laughs> why, why doesn't he just be a flexitarian? What's that? A flexitarian? You just choose what you want to be on the day. <laughs> so you can, you can just be a carnivore, you can be a pescatarian, you can be a vegetarian, you can be vegan. It's just, you know, so whenever someone asks what I eat, I'm a flexitarian, I'm just flexible. But uh, I guess my diversion topic today is that I've gone, because Prison Break's coming back with Series 5, and yeah. I was saying to you how I'm watching Prison Break and how it's an awesome TV series. It's, and a you, stupid, it's a stupid TV and you, series. And that's right, you brought me down and shit-canned it and said it was <laughs> stupid. Uh, why is it stupid? Look, I want to say what I specifically said was that it's a stupid TV show but that Burn Notice is also a stupid TV show, but I liked Burn Notice immensely. So it wasn't really a criticism of the fact that you enjoyed it. It was just a criticism of the fact that it's kind of a shit and a stupid premise. Why, what's, what's so shit about it? Oh, come on. Tattoos all over himself with maps and... Oh, no. It's just so dumb. Never, well, <laughs> I, th- I thought he's really clever, though. But So that brings me to the point. What yeah. is the, the ultimate best TV series program? I think you're asking of what is the ultimate best worst TV series program. I reckon there'd be a lot of people that'd probably vote for something like MacGyver. I think that was really high up on that on the low believability but still watchable uh, scale. I, uh, you know, I've got one. It was yeah. a very short, short TV series. Mm. Um, I did, I didn't mind in the in the eighties, nineties. You know, the Baywatch and the Highway to Heaven, but yeah, there was yeah. one. But there, because there was nothing else on really on TV. But there was one that I thought was amazingly funny: the greatest American hero. I never watched that. I never. Oh my god! Sorry, you've got to watch it. And for anyone that's not in the Gen X and and you're after that, try and find it if you can. Because I don't, I don't, I should have a look. But um, yeah, because the other one we'll talk about movies with a friend the other night. 
and they said they wanted to watch a movie called Night Watch or something, I think with Ben Stiller. Oh, okay. And then I said, oh, you're not, you're not talking about Night Shift, that one with Michael Keaton in the 80s. Do you remember Night Shift? No, not at all. Sorry. Where Henry Winkler was the morgue director and Michael Keaton was a pimp and then turned the morgue into a brothel. Another, an all-time classic. But, yeah, so check out Night Shift and check out Greatest American Hero. And Prison Break is the best one and Lost was a shit TV show. I liked Lost at the time, but the finale made oh. me regret every moment I was spent watching it. Um. No, nah, Lost was Lost was crap, <laughs> crap, crap, crap. Uh, we've got a couple of comments from the speaker chat. Dylan has pointed out that it must be 2006 if we're talking about Prison Break, which is a fair comment. Um, Milkman has said that Twin Peaks is going to return on May the 21st. Twin Peaks was another good Peaks. one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and Dylan has nominated Always Sunny as a as a best worst show, which I think is best worst, but for quite different reasons. What um, show is that? Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's um, got a bunch of people that you probably haven't heard of, and uh, Danny DeVito. Um, it kind of became a template for a couple of other shows. I think that it was a kind of a template for Community, which is probably another sitcom you haven't heard of, um, which mm-hmm. has Chevy Chase as the old guy in it. But I think the reason why it worked in Always Sunny, basically Danny DeVito was a, sec- a Series 2 addition to the cast. So it was a bunch of young people. Um, it's a really appalling show. It's really terrible. I, don't, I can't recommend it to anyone to watch it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> but um, we're wasting our time talking about it. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the important, this is what I want to say, this is really important, is that when they brought Danny DeVito in in Series 2, and increasingly so in every series onwards, is that he came in as an older actor willing to completely and utterly debase himself and his reputation for laughs. Uh, and I think that's something that other sitcoms that have been made since then, that attempted since then, completely failed to do. Um, yeah, it's, it's really hugely important, the fact that, like, Danny DeVito, he's been on this show, he's been covered in oil and wearing only, you know, his underdacks and stuck in a child's playground. Like, you know, absolutely bizarre and stupid and awful things. Um, and there's not many actors you think of us, of, of the, that 80s sort of fame era that would be willing to do something like that. And I'm going to well, talk about must... this because you've obviously lost me. But I've obviously lost yeah. you. But... Sorry, what were you talking about? Yeah, well, yeah, I, yeah. I forgot the topic. If we talk well, about comedies, it has to be Seinfeld. No. Nah. Or, or, yeah. or Hey Dad. <laughs> hey Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch Hey Dad if it was remade right now. What about the Kingswood Country? Would you watch that? No, no, definitely not watch that. No, no. But yeah. Hey Dad, I would consider just because Nudge was just so effortlessly stupid. Yeah, well, that's not going to get a, a rerun on TV with the court case. No, and what, I'd, I'd, no. I'd, be inter- I'd be interested to know what channel the uh, Twin Peaks is going to be run on. I think, I think it's so. well, when these things are returning, they mostly seem to be a Netflix thing. Um, mm, great. I love yeah. Netflix. Good work. Anyway, we better finish off the podcast. Yeah, let's get on with the final wrap. All right, so we'll start off. Who's your winning side? What's your margin? And who's your highest goal kicker for Port Adelaide? Port Adelaide. I'm going to rein it in. 32 points. And Chad Wingard with four goals. Really? I don't think so. Um, No? I think Port will win, but the, the goal kicker I disagree with. I think Port probably by about... 15, um, and I reckon our main goal kick it's got to be Charlie Dixon for me. Um, I, think it, no, I think he'll kick at least three. It's all about Charlie. Three. All about Charlie. It's all, it's all about Charlie for Porsche. No, no, I reckon 
Chad's going to spend a bit more time up forward, run through the midfield, and he's going to get loose, and I reckon he's going to dominate. But you know, when is Chad going to take another spectacular mark? What happened to the days of Chad taking mark after mark after mark? What has happened to that flashy guy? Um, for me, if you're taking mark after mark after mark the way he did, because don't forget, it came with a lot of missed attempts. I think that what's happened is he's got a defensive game. And that stops you from taking so many ridiculous over-the-top marks. Oh, bring back the show pony. That was heaps better. <laughs> that, that's really the thing. Like, if there's a guy that continually gets a mark of the year nomination every year, like, you know he doesn't have a defensive game. That's just how like it is. Ger- like Jeremy Howe? Yeah, Jeremy Howe. The classic ones being someone like Sean Smith or Russell Robertson from Melbourne. Um, Tony yeah. Modra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose he didn't have a lot of defensive game. Yeah, Tony Modra, why not? Absolutely. Uh, Dylan's pointed out on the Spreaker chat that Chad's playing midfield now, which is absolutely bang on. Uh, and oh, as, as one of our younger listeners has also point, pointed out an oddity, which is that he watched LA Confidential the other day, and for the first time it occurred to him that Danny DeVito was once taken seriously. And he really was. You know, he started off in stupid comedy with Taxi, but then he had all these really good series of films, like things like The War of the Roses and stuff like that. And um, yeah, he's gone back to stupid comedy, so good on him. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, back, back to the final wrap. Fear factor. Which port player should Gold Coast be most? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Which port player should Gold Coast be most concerned about? So who do you think's really going to rip Gold Coast apart? That they should be thinking. Oh, be worried about him. I don't know. Outside of Ablett, let's go Matera. Is Matera playing? Which port player should Gold Coast be concerned about? Is what I said. Oh, sorry. You should was, know this uh... one. Yeah. Well, it's going to be Chad Wingard. It's going to be Chingard. Okay. Chingard. 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 I call him Chingard. I called him Chingard, actually, but yeah. Is he the new Chitty G? I think that's entirely possible. No, he's not. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess my few fact, well, for me, I think that the player that um, Gold Coast should be most concerned about, realistically, it's Ollie Wines. Um, no, it's not. It's Jared Polak. Let's be realistic. Jared Polak, because he'll get the ball when they kick it loose and he will not give it back to them. I think Jared Polak. He's had a couple of weeks where I've been a bit, eh, he's sort of returned to early form, but I'm hoping that he'll be able to come out and sort of pull his finger out and get back in that form he was in for the first couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And, and the inversion, this is the one you might not know, so I'll go straight to my version. Which Gold Coast player should Port be most concerned about? Um, Ablett. It's probably going to be Ablett, realistically. Um, I'll go, I'm going to go Matera. Yeah, Matera, look, he's not bad. Brandon Matera's, he, he's, he's doing all right. I don't think he's having his best season yet, but this might be the one that makes it for him. But for me, it's just got to be Ablett because of his consistency um, and the fact that he's hard to shut down. Like, you don't shut Gary Ablett down when he's in form. When he's injured, you do, but when he's in form, you just don't. No, Um, you can't. Yeah. And you're quite achiever. So for Port Adelaide, who is going to put in the game of the highest standard that may not wow the crowd? So this is really sort of like a defender or a, a quite offensive forward sort of thing. Who do you reckon? The Arch. The arch, you reckon? Okay. Well, yeah, I'm putting him in the quiet achiever category because you think he's shit. No. So you're you're expecting you're expecting him not to do anything. I'm I'm expecting to get eight touches and kick out on the full when he gets a shot at goal. Okay. Should this be the arch watch? (laughs) Let's let's let let's make this the arch watch. What is Archie going to do this game? Come on, everyone. I'd I'd like to post it up on Facebook or Big Footy. What is Brendan Archie going to do this game? I'm calling. He's going to do 22 disposals, eight marks, a oh, couple of off. massive handballs and a goal. 
I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say it's going to be eight disposals. He's going to have a shot at goal and he's going to miss or he's going to, it's going to fall short and be rushed or something like that. And I reckon, right. I reckon he won't do any of the big handballs because he just won't have the opportunity. He won't be clear uh, enough space to get it off. And if it's not the arch, it would be someone like Sam Gray because he'll, uh, he'll pick on the, the little teams. <laughs> Harsh. Yep. Uh, That's Dylan, me. Dylan has said Brownlow votes for Archie, which I, I think is a yes. Uh, I'm not with you there. I um, love you, Dylan. You're a legend. <laughs> All right, and look, we'll just quickly cover. I don't know if you've had a look at the uh, the matches that are going to be played this weekend. Any matches you're looking forward to apart from the Port one? Uh, yeah. 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 Which ones are you liking? For me, I'm West Coast is hosting the Western Bulldogs in Perth, and just out of spite, I'm hoping that the Western Bulldogs do them. Um, so for me, I'm kind of interested in that one. I'm interested in Adelaide Melbourne for the first five minutes because I think that Melbourne will get the first goal, but then the Crows will realise they can't afford another loss last last week, and they'll just demolish them. So the first five minutes of the Crows game, I'm interested in watching. Uh, and Richmond versus Fremantle because I think that Fremantle's accountability might just be enough to really frustrate Richmond and get the Fremantle win. And you know, if Richmond does badly, that's always good. Well, we really uh, gave Fremantle a springboard for their season, didn't we? Didn't with we? their wallop, that, that's yeah. like that's the one good thing about that win is that it doesn't look like anyone else is going to get that win against him this year. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I know, but everyone keeps citing that we haven't be- beaten anyone of um, note yet. But, well, we uh, haven't because they're still not really doing all that well. Well, they're just out of the finals, by one, and they're only one game behind us. Yeah, well, actually, the same number of wins as us. God, how far have we fallen? <laughs> oh, there you, go. there you go. They're on the same number of win- wins as us. So we could have been second. They're a bloody, they're a bloody <laughs> awesome team. And yes, we could have been, should have been, but we're not. Uh... But we'll be we'll be back in the top four this week. How's that? I doubt that, but it would be nice. Yeah, fingers crossed. All right, look, I think we've hit our limit. We've managed to fill an hour, so that's great. Um, awesome. More than, I, than. I was ex- I was expecting this to only go for forty minutes. Well, you see, this is the thing. We talked a lot of shit. Like we talked shit throughout the entire podcast. We didn't just sort of segment it. We started with shit. We had shit intervals and we had your diversions. And even now we're just talking rubbish. So well done. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm sorry it wasn't very insightful, but who can watch Gold Coast really? Who can watch them? Who can watch them and pay attention? I I tried, but I just kept looking at my phone all the time. There was lots of quality and informative information and plenty of Tim Watson bagging. So I'm, yeah, sure, yeah. I'm sure people found it very entertaining. And thanks for, thanks for the show, Portia. And uh, go you, power. Rick. Come, Port Adelaide. And if I could say that in Chinese, mm. I would. Go Port Power. Come, the Ports. Go Port Power. Gets the ball across towards a teammate. Rick's hand pass, though. Slapped. But now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the 50. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking. 